Hey, this week on Jesus, Sex, and Politics, we have got a great show for you. Listen, we're going to talk about the abortion debate, and we're going to talk about it from a Christian perspective on how you can talk about the arguments with your friends. We're going to give you an arsenal of weapons to use, so pay attention to that. Also, we have a update on Joe Manchin and why he is the winner of the week. So make sure you tune in, like us, subscribe, and share with your friends. We'll see you on Jesus, Sex, and Politics. Welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. Boy, if you look around, we were talking about this earlier, Nathan. If you look around, there's a lot of people scared. This generation is one of the (laughs) most anxious, 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 and and scared generation that I think we've seen in a long time. Yeah, actually, they say that uh, Gen Z is what one of the most medicated generations ever, yeah. and because of all the anxiety, and they're always talking about anxiety, panic attacks, and uh, you know, there's a reason for that, Micah. <laughs> what, what is that? What is that, Nathan? Nathan? Um, that is because they do not know God's word. Oh. Gen Z is uh, is said to be only four percent of them have a biblical worldview. And so, you know, the Bible talks about anxiety and says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and, and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So the idea is you're not supposed to be anxious because you can take it to the Lord. But if you don't think you can take it to the Lord, then you might think that you just take it to your shrink. Uh, hey, and that's that's not just Gen Z. I mean, uh, there was a study done by Barna and millennials too. Well, oh, sorry, millennials. But I'm just saying, get this study. Barna and teamed up with Wall Builders, which is David Barton's organization. Right. They did a study on pastors. This is pastors in America that still believe that the word of God is inerrant. It is. It is like lockstep in. Like God, it is okay, God's these are word. Frightening numbers. Yes. I know what they are because yeah. it, <laughs> it stood out it. and it made me cringe. This brought me anxiety. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to share it anxious, with you. Here God's you word go. says be anxious for nothing. I know. So, I know. Here you uh, go. And so, uh, out of all the pastors in America that believe God's word is truly the word of God without error, it was 38 percent of pastors in America that believe that. Okay, so the minority of pastors actually believe the Bible is the word of God. Wow. And and that's um I I've just that's shocking. And and then they went further. David Barton wanted to see who out of those thirty-eight percent of pastors were engaging in issues on like in the political nature. So our number is getting very small. Yeah. This is like Gideon's army. Okay, <laughs> go right. ahead, tell us the number. So the number of pastors that were actually standing up for moral truth and and biblical values within culture out of that 38 percent uh it was 2.8 percent so literally there's like 2.8 i mean even less than that but like 2.8 of the 38 percent of the pastors in america that believe god's word is is his actual word are actually the ones engaging in culture i appreciate you nathan because i think you are one of those i appreciate you because i believe that you are one of those pastors but i feel like i almost feel like if this is like the 300 this is sparta yeah you know (laughs) well and and take heart if you're listening to this and you're and you're a little you know it, it brought anxiety to you listening to this you know god you brought it up with gideon god did amazing things with a really small number of people because he wanted to get the glory. If you go back to the founding of our nation, there is a term that we give to, you know, the the small group of fighters. It's the three percenters. Yep. Well, that came from the foundations of our nation because really it was only 3% of the, of the people in the colonies actually were the ones to stand up to King George at, at first. It, and mm-hmm. then it grew once the revolution, revolution began to, you know, uh, take hold. But, mm-hmm. but it was 3% that really kicked everything off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so, you know, I look at, it, I'm like, man, 3% of pastors, that's all we need when God's on our side. We, we just need those, those 3% to stand up and start, start speaking. Yeah. And, uh, don't, don't get tired of, of being maligned and and people coming against you and then wanting to cancel you and trying to threaten you because it it just has to it has to take place. You're not 
You're not the lead. You're not a leader within the church just to take your cues from everybody uh, in, in in public polls. Yeah, you're a leader in the church because you're supposed to be on your knees and you're supposed to be saying, "This is what God's word says, and this is where we need to lead to." So. So well, buck up there, Bucko. And and on that note, uh, one of the organizations that we've partnered with in, at Life Church is Turning Point USA, uh, specifically Turning Point Faith. And that's uh, Charlie Kirk is the uh, guy, who, president and founder of Turning Point, doing incredible things. Started out in campuses across the nation, yeah. uh, standing up against socialism and communistic ideology that was that was being indoctrinated. Tell into. a little bit of his story because he was going to go in the military. Wasn't he, he was, yeah. He um, he ended up not being. I think he. I think he. Uh, applied to West Point, mm-hmm. uh, didn't get in, uh, wasn't able to, he didn't go to college. Um, he was basically after high school because he couldn't get into the military. Uh, he ended up just, you know, I, I believe it was the Lord. And I think Charlie would say this too, but he ended up uh, just feeling the call to really fight for American values, which are rooted in biblical truth mm-hmm. that, and that he really, I think had a good grasp on at a young age. He started, he wanted to start this organization called Turning Point. And he tells a story how he went to, uh, I think it was the 2012 National Republican Convention uh, during that presidential campaign. So uh, he's like 18 years old. So he was 18 years old at that point. And he, he was pitching this vision for Turning Point. And he was, nobody was giving him the time of day at all. And then there was this one older gentleman. He has a cowboy hat. I forget his name, but he was, he was kind of this, uh, this grandpa like figure in the conservative movement. He was super rich. He was very, very wealthy Mm man, uh, but he was very godly man. I think he had a lot of godly discernment. And Charlie, I think, tells a story how he just he bumped into him even in a stairwell, I think, and gave got a chance to give him a 30-second pitch. And this guy just said, you know, Charlie, I think I'm gonna send you some money um, to help you kick this off. And uh and you know, and so when he got home, talked to his wife about it and said, I think we should send Charlie, this Charlie kid some money. And so they sent him, I think, ten thousand dollars is what it was, right? But it started it kicked off everything. And he started Turning Point USA in his in his garage and you know, his parents' house right in uh, Illinois. And Fast forward to 2021, December, uh, we were invited down to Mar-a-Lago uh, to, to be at Trump's place. Susan and I went. Charlie. I was not invited. You were not, maybe sometime. Charlie, if you're listening to this, maybe invite Nathan Charlie. next time because Charlie. Nathan gets a little jealous and, uh, you know, is mad. So, but uh, he gets anxious. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, but so he invites us. Uh, we, we get the invite to come down to that. I've never seen anyone cast vision so well for where they've been and where they're going in any organization, whether it's a business, a ministry, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Charlie did in a phenomenal job that weekend, just whining and dining investors, but also pitching vision for why they're doing what they're doing. He has these ecosystems of college campus reform to turning point faith to turning point media, all the things that are doing it so, so well. Mm. And so then he pitches in the morning on Saturday morning, right? We get down there Friday morning and we have a kind of a, uh, just a meet and greet Friday night with a bunch of people. And then Friday morning, it's the investors pitch, right? And there's probably about four or 500 people in the room. And he just, it's three hours of everything turning point. And then he says, hey, and just so you know, I'm not going to ask you for any money right now, but I want you to go home. I want you to pray about and think about what you're feeling the Lord leading you to give. That night at Mar-a-Lago in Donald Trump's, you know, lavish, I mean, this place was amazing, this banquet center. Um, they get up and they, again, they pitch it to about 2,000 people, but it's a, it's a smaller pitch, right? And and he talks about just kind of how people have invested in Turning Point, what Turning Point has been able to do to fight for conservative, biblically aligned values throughout uh, our nation, yeah. specifically in the next generation. And that then he opens it up. He says, "And you know, obviously, we need we need your support. We need your fi- financial support to help us do this." They raised no joke. We were keeping track. What he what he would do? He would say they'd have microphones around the room and say, "If you're feeling led to give." You know, stand up, tell us what you're going to give, right? I mean, the first person stood up and they're like, Charlie, we love what you're doing. We're going to give $10,000. I was like, dang, $10,000. That's amazing, right? And so people clapped and everything. And the next, like someone else stood up, Charlie, hey, I've got, I've got four grandkids. I'm going to give you $10,000 for all four grandkids. So $40,000. And people clapped. It was like, oh my goodness, right? This, then this other person stands up and says, Charlie, we want to give you $100,000. We're pledging $100,000 tonight. And again, this went on for 
literally about an hour and a half. People wow. standing up all over the room. Nothing smaller than $10,000 that I heard that whole night. Mm. And it got to the point to where if it wasn't a million dollar pledge, you were just like, oh, 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 um, <laughs> uh, not a million dollars. Like you just be, it was like golf clap. Oh, I'm going to give $500,000. So what was Charlie. the total amount? Uh, they raised in about two hours of pledges, $21 million. Holy cow. $21 million. Praise the Lord. And, and so all that because we have big news about charlie oh yeah yeah related to life church yes so so we've partnered with turning point faith to get pastors engaged exactly what we were talking about right to say hey church you are the hope of america through jesus christ charlie believes it turning point believes that they they believe in it so much they started a whole ecosystem to engage churches around america to get involved and to have the pastors and the congregates of these churches be the moral uh standard bearers in our nation again Yep. And so we actually have the privilege of hosting Charlie here May 25th uh, in life uh, in, in Noblesville. We're going to, we're, if you're listening to this now, unfortunately, I think most of the tickets are gone. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry about that. We're trying to find solutions to bigger venues. We just, we have about 900 plus tickets that just went so fast and we just, yep. we need a bigger venue. So if you know a bigger venue and you, you want to throw out another place to, or you want to donate $21 million so that we can build, <laughs> build a, a bigger, bigger venue. venue. Maybe we need to have Charlie do a fundraiser for uh, us. Man, so, wow. uh, yeah. So anyway, that's that's what's happening coming up May 25th uh, in central Indiana. So if, awesome. you're, if you're here, you know. And it, well, I can't wait. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, my, my daughter's 18. My son's 21. We are super stoked that he is coming because, you know, a, a lot of people love to listen to Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is you know, uh, he's, he's so brilliant, right? Um, but he, but he doesn't know Jesus as a savior. Charlie does, you know, Charlie's, Charlie's so brilliant as well, but he's anchored in the word of God. He's anchored in the truth and he's anchored, uh, in, in the, in the power of the scriptures. And, uh, and you, you, you gotta love a guy that when he goes on to the, the woke culture, of the school systems of the of the college campuses and they go ballistic because they do not want him there you know yeah uh it's 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 almost uh it's almost reminiscent of uh, of of demons freaking out whatever the man <laughs> of god would go places is that funny so anyway yeah it's, it's gonna be awesome so it's gonna be good um you know we want to uh uh, we're going to take a break here, but when we come back, we've got a really special guest coming into the studio that uh, <laughs> you're not going to want to miss. So uh, hang with us here in a second, and we'll be right back. If you're in the Hamilton County, Noblesville area, be sure to check out Sunshine Service Incorporated. They service all makes and models of cars, and they are your friends, local community members who specialize in auto repair service. They believe the business of auto repair is that the service is the difference. Their auto technicians in Noblesville use state-of-the-art tools, equipment, and training to keep up with today's most complicated vehicle management systems, from brakes to batteries, filters to to fluids, routine preventative maintenance to complex full vehicle repairs and service. They have you covered. Be sure to call George and his amazing team. I use them. They've been great on my car. I have nothing but good things to say about them and you will too. We guarantee it. You can cancel all the movies. You can cancel all the books. You can cancel talking dirty or about your neighbor's looks. You can cancel all the money and all the bad jokes too. But be careful, my friend. One day they cancel you. Well, we're back here on Jesus, Sex, and Politics. With a very special guest We got a great guest in our good friend who joins us in the studio his name is liberal kyle liberal kyle how you doing today yes yes uh, th- uh yes i am here with you even though you are a bunch of bigoted facetith homophobic claustrophobic arachnophobic transphobic and xenophobic people but uh yes <laughs> wow it's, uh, there's a lot of phobia uh, in there uh liberal kyle uh, well, t- maybe you should tr- do better at being a better person uh, well we're trying how how would you why do you think we're bad people well, I, I just told you, you're bigoted, fatheted, homophobic, claustrophobic, arachnophobic, transphobic, and xenophobic. There may be something in there that 
I actually am. <laughs> well, yeah, to your, yeah. That's what but I but said. Uh, but hey, I, I appreciate you coming on the show and classifying us so quickly. That that uh, tells me a lot, there, liberal Kyle. I appreciate that. Well, you know, you classify yourself. So, <laughs> hey, liberal Kyle, can you tell us your thoughts? And your perspective on everything that's going on with this leaked document from the Supreme Court oh, okay. about Roe being possibly overturned. What are well, your thoughts? That's, that's just, I can't believe they would actually do that and go against what the courts have already ruled on with, you know, women's rights and, you know, body autonomy and, and all that. It's just, it, it's disgusting. Well, but liberal Kyle, like, why do you think we shouldn't defend the life of children who are in the womb well if it's it's body autonomy like if they don't have a right (laughs) but that's but but that's not their body it's a separate set of dna it's different blood their blood doesn't even touch do you have science to back that up (laughs) yes actually we 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 actually have science we have dr fauci who is science himself and i'm sure he can probably give us you're not allowed to question him Uh, so, Liberal Kyle, like, do you think the protests going on in front of uh, the justices' houses, like, is that is that okay? What are your thoughts well, on yeah, that? Yeah, protest, protesting is fine. What if we what if we protest in front of a school board member's house that maybe is liberal pushing CRT? Oh, well, that's just awful. CRT is the best thing in the world, and we should all be learning that. <laughs> so we could protest in front of uh, Samuel Alito's house, but uh, a school board member, well, if when we you're do at that. The school board, they're getting violent, and they're basically just terrorists there to terrorize the school board, and that's not right. Well, man, it's so it's well, that seems like a huge double kind of does. There. I mean, you know, even the idea what's, that uh, what what's the double standard? <laughs> what means what? you you have a set of rules for, for one thing, for but you don't me, apply those, but not for me. You don't apply those oh, yeah, rules yeah, 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 evenly. That makes sense. Yes, is that okay, liberal Kyle? Yes. Okay. Well, so, but what if we shouldn't we be equal and shouldn't there be fairness? Well, no, because you guys are a bunch of bigoted racists, homophobic, transphobic, <laughs> xenophobic. Did you just say racist? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I, mm. Liberal Kyle, I just am, I, I, I appreciate you coming in and, and sharing your perspective. And, and it's, well, I, uh, it's I interesting. A, I, have a, I have a question. Yeah, there. yeah. So, so in like the Dred Scott case, that was overturned. Why is it that you think that a, a, a law... Uh, you know, a decision by the Supreme Court can cannot be overturned. I mean, there's precedent for overturning things that are bad decisions. So, first of all, I'm just going to have to ask you to stop being micro aggressive towards me. That's that's not okay. Was that what? What exactly <laughs> did I do that was a, a microaggression? I shouldn't have to explain this to you. So, but anyway, is that a way just to silence somebody <laughs> well, that I'm, may disagree I'm, with you? I'm silenced right now just because I'm I'm speechless. He's left well, me speechless. Well, hopefully, do you, hopefully, do you know what we the dread Scott? You. The goal is to cancel you overall. So, <laughs> that's, that's well, what that we're going that for. sounds like what we kind of figured. That's that's right. And hey, real quick, liberal Kyle, what do you think about those gas prices? Well, you know, like it's 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 a good thing, you know, that gas prices are going up, and you know, inflation is we're, we're seeing a good thing for inflation. So, uh, so yeah, you know, you, I think you I think see that Biden's, as a, I think Biden's a winning. He's, he's winning. <laughs> he's, sorry, sorry. Let me say that again. I think, I think Biden's w- 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 winning. <laughs> well, okay. Well, liberal Kyle, thank you for joining us today. You and will be a guest. Like, we will have back, no doubt. <laughs> well, that I I, I kind of look forward to it. Thank you for joining us. You're awesome, Liberal Kyle. We love you, even though you're liberal. We'll see you next time. But be careful, my friend. One day they cancel you. This is Nathan from Jesus, Sex, and Politics, and I'm talking to all of those of you who have a friend that you know is offended about everything. Listen, help them to come out of the bondage that they're in. Like us, share us, or subscribe, Jesus, Sex, and Politics, because when you do, you might help free somebody from the terrible, terrible tyranny of the mind. Who's laughing now? (laughs) Shut up! (laughs) This week on What Did Biden Say? I don't know. Sometimes it's so hard to tell. (laughs) 
We've got a new segment that we're going to do every few weeks. And it'll be, what did Biden say? And what did Biden mean when he said that? So, uh, Nathan, I'm going to play a clip for you here. And this, well, I is, can't what, wait. this is what uh, I just want you to tell me what did Biden say? I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week, that the number one threat is the strength. And that strength that we build is inflation. <laughs> wait, wait, what? What? Uh, so and that strength that we build is inflation. The, the, I, what, what did he that just say? That is incoherent. Say? What did he just say? Uh, I, I think he believes that the greatest threat that they have been able to build... <laughs> Into their greatest oh, strength. Oh, it's happened now! <laughs> <laughs> it's shut up! Okay. Is inflation. This is, this is, I'm, you know, I'm glad that he could at least accept the fact, even though he won't admit it in his other interviews, that inflation is indeed a threat that he built. Yeah, but he said it's his, our greatest strength is inflation. <laughs> We're going to chalk that up to Biden just maybe wasn't speaking all clearly. Wait a minute, Micah. It's possible that if you're trying to destroy the economy and, and the nation, that it is his great strength towards, you know, you cause a problem and then you try to fix it, even though he says he has no... You know, it's not his fault. It's Putin's fault. It's it's the mega Republicans. That, yeah, the that, ultra mega yeah. mega people. Yeah, 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 and King Mega himself, oh, yes. right? Who's been out right. of office for yeah. how many years now? Yeah, 16, 17 months. Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, well, I just uh, I thought that that was interesting, and I wanted to get your take on this episode of what did it, Biden? It, it definitely say? requires interpretation. <laughs> I, could you imagine Micah being the press? Mm -hmm. Secretary. Well, there's a new one now. Uh, I know Jean because Pierre. the old one was, she was too stressed out. I mean, she's going to, there's going to come a point because she took an MSNBC job, which is going to be fitting. Uh, and there's going to come <laughs> a point where Jen Psaki, the, the sock attack, the sack attack, she's going to come out on air. I guarantee this. And she's going to say how nuts it was to be the press secretary for Biden because Biden had no clue what was going on. I promise you in a couple years when Biden's not in office anymore and Trump's back in office or we see DeSantis in office, she will start saying, oh, it was, it was a, absolute nightmare he didn't know what he was doing and i had to go out there and try to polish a turd can can you imagine the thankless job it is to try to write up the uh, the teleprompter information for him <laughs> and like you know you have to keep it going at a certain speed and if you lose that that speed man you you have to try and make that up. You're getting incoherent statements because he's getting fed exactly what he's supposed to say, but he can't read the teleprompter. Oh man. It's uh it's like Ron Burgundy from Anchorman. He just, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> teleprompter people have to be on their game. So well, that does it for this segment of what did Biden say? Who's laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll try to continue to decipher all the things that our president says. Oh, this from is going to be day. a target rich environment. <laughs> hey, this is Micah from Jesus Sex and Politics. Thanks for listening. Hey, do us a favor like, subscribe, share, and tell your friends about Jesus Sex and Politics. Uh, we want to get the word out about truth in our culture. How do we win the battles uh, for the hearts and minds of the next generation and the future of this nation? And Jesus Sex and Politics is helping to do that. So tell your family, tell your friends, even give it to your liberal aunt uh, who may not like you after you tell her about this. But she will be better off because you share Jesus Sex and Politics. Thanks for listening. All right, we're back. Uh, Nathan, how, uh, you know, liberal, liberal Kyle there was, uh, it was interesting. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's frighteningly interesting. Well, I want to I want to pick <laughs> up, though. We, we touched a little bit on this uh, this leaked um, uh, Alito document on, on Roe, and I think we've talked yep. about it before, but just where do you see it going? And, um, and, and again, like, why, why are... 
why is this such a hard issue, especially for Christians to understand is my question to you. I mean, because I know Christians who are like, I've literally seen students in our ministry who have said, hey, protect, quote unquote, the woman's right to choose, hands off their bodies. Like I had a, I had a young man in, in our in our worship ministry a while back and and he, when Mississippi Heartbeat Law came out, he just blasted it on social media and I called him up I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he said, he said well, man... I, if I got my girlfriend pregnant, that would ruin my life. I we can't. We've got to have a way to protect ourselves from that. <laughs> I was like, the the way you're looking at me right now, Nathan, is the way I was looking at him. I was just like, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> well, if you if you if you killed someone, you know, by accident, then then maybe their solution would be to you know, send somebody to kill you. Right. And that's, <laughs> that's they, they've got to have a way to fix their life. You know, I mean, it makes no sense to me that, that people can call themselves Christians and not understand, uh, the, the, the Lord's view on life. It's like, you don't want to submit to what the Bible makes implicitly clear. Y- scripture is, it says that there's personhood in in uh, 139, uh, the, uh, Psalm 139. There's there's personhood. You knew me while I was being knit together in my mother's womb in the darkness. Right? You you had all my days lined up, and and your thoughts towards me were th- thus. And and to not be able to accept that there is a babe, you know, a, a life in the womb. Uh, I actually heard Charlie Kirk talking about this. He says, how do you know if something's living? He said, well, it's it's eating and it's growing. He said, just ask that question. Is it eating and it, is it growing? Because mm. if it is, it's it's alive. Then ask yourself this question. Uh, what species is that clump of cells in the, in the womb? What does the DNA say it's going to be? And, and if they... If they're honest, they would have to say, "Well, it's going to be human." Well, so so really, what you have is you have you have a living human mm. in the womb. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Yeah. What species is it? is it? An eagle? Is it is it an <laughs> elephant? Is it a, a walrus? Unicorn? Yeah, it, it's it's very clearly this. And then, you know, I I I just go to you, Christians out there, who quote unquote Christians who don't want to recognize that Jesus was the son of God in the womb. Mm. Because as Mary walks into the room and sees John and, uh, and, and, and sees Elizabeth, John the Baptist is in the womb of Elizabeth. And he's the forerunner and the announcer of Jesus, the king. And he leaps in his womb. He's as, the voice in the wilderness. Yes. Yeah. So he's out. in the womb doing his prophetic job, which was to declare who Jesus was. So, so all of a sudden, Elizabeth turns around because this baby has just been filled with the Holy Spirit in her womb, turns around and says, hey, how is it that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So who's the Lord? Jesus in the womb. Mm. So, so, so a baby in the womb announces another baby in the womb, and these are people and persons with callings. And and how how can you deny that thought? Like if you say, "Well, I'm I'm only for science," well, you've got major problems with that. But when you claim to be a Christian, you have to take on the theological problem that that gives you yeah. to personhood. Yeah. Uh, and I love the uh, the picture of John the Baptist being the forerunner because everywhere a king would go, there was always a uh, one of his servants that would go before him days out to prepare the way of the Lord or the king. Mm-hmm. And they'd go into the city. The king's coming. It's going to be here in a few days. It was actually like like fix the road. Yes. If it's if if there's a high part in the road, get it great. Yeah. If if there's yeah. a low part in the road. Fill it in yeah. because make the way yeah, make for way. the king to come. Get make, the road ready. Make straight the way of the Lord. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and so even as a fetus, <laughs> which like, is a dumb which is, word. Exactly. I'm just going to use. Baby. I'm going to use that word only to point out the obvious that it wasn't a fetus. It was a baby. But even as a fetus, John the Baptist was making 
in preparing the way for Jesus, who was also a fetus at that point, at that moment. So if you're a Christian and you're in alignment with abortion in any way, shape, or form, you are absolutely outside the will of God. You've given yourself over to the spirit of Moloch. The Israelites were sacrificing children to this idol named Moloch for, uh, for years in ancient Israel, and they were God's people. So, and, and, and that burned, that burned the Lord. I just, he was so angry that they had taken this God, this demonic God. And not only had they taken the God and committed idolatry with this God, they were sacrificing their babies, live babies to this God. And we're doing the same thing. And there's people in the church in America that are, they're just like the ancient Israelites going right up to the altar of Moloch. And, and maybe they themselves haven't sacrificed a baby, but they're encouraging or just staying out of it when others are sacrificing their children to, yeah. the, to the altar of Moloch. And that's just as silence in the face of evil is still evil. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's mind boggling that, that this is not just simple to understand. It's just simple to understand. Yeah. If you don't understand it, you don't want yeah. to understand it. There are none so blind as those who will not see. And if you can, if you can put it in your head that your convenience, your perceived problem, is more important than 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 saving innocent life. You know, just I want to remind you: the Bible says one of the things that God hates is He that sheds innocent blood. Mm. You know. In uh, and, and, and the life is in the blood. When you tear a baby apart, is there going to be blood? You tear apart this quote-unquote fetus. You rip its arms and legs off. Is there going to be blood? Yeah, you're you're killing it. You know, you, you, this is this is so simple to understand. And the idea that oh, that's my body, and 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 ladies who say it's my body, my choice. It's not your body. It's totally it's separate. It's not your body. It's a separate, separate body. It has totally different DNA. It has. It, it has different blood. Your blood doesn't even mix. Yep. You know, yep. God's created it in a, in, a, in, a, in a totally awesome, independent. Now, it needs you for a period of time until it becomes viable, yeah. but good grief. Well, and that's what they say. Well, it's it's my it's inside of me, so therefore I can do whatever I want to it. That's the same argument that a father could say, well, my two-year-old who's living in my house, um, it's in my house, so I have the right to kill my two-year-old. No, you don't. Just because it's in your house and it's dependent on you, it doesn't give you the right to murder that child. But yet the same argument is being used for people who say, well, it's in my it's in my body and therefore I, I don't have. And for those of you who are like, well, these are two dudes who don't have uh, uh, uteruses and they, they, they so they don't have any right to talk about this. We, just so you know, we're identifying as women right now. We're going to use the faulty logic. Minute, where did we agree to that? No, no well, we're doing it. You're, you don't have a choice. We're going to use the stupid. I actually have a uterus. <laughs> we're gonna... it's, it's in my wife's body. <laughs> And because biblically speaking, you, the, the two, two are one. one. That's true. That's good I point. have a uterus. I can speak point. to this subject, point. and I literally own one hey. because my wife owns me, and I own her. So therefore, I own a uterus. So now, not what are you a slave owner now? No, is that what it, is? No, that what it is? no are it's you, not a slave owner. This is twenty twenty two. I don't this care. Is See, that's where I don't care. <laughs> Right. This is the part. I want you to know the argument that I use anytime people say you can't talk about this because you're a man. I, I, in the moment, I'll say, okay, I'm going to identify as a woman right now so I can talk about this. <laughs> and I literally do. I identify for a woman as for about five minutes so I can tell them what's up when it comes to abortion. And then they're like, you can't do that. I'm like, why can't I do that? That's your truth. That's, uh, that's my truth. Oh, I did yeah, identify sure, as a woman. Work. And then they say, well, you're not a woman. I'm saying, oh, so you get to tell me I'm not a woman, but then I can't tell someone else they're not a woman. Oh, how oh. judgmental. And so, and so it just totally wrecks so, them. So, it so transphobic. So next time you're around the, the Thanksgiving dinner table and, and you want to cause some division, use that, that logic mm -hmm. and identify whatever you need to identify as in order to have the moral authority to back up your argument. And it works because Boy. it's 2022. Boy, isn't brilliant. That a, isn't that a pathetic it's, situation? No, it's brilliant. Well, I, I mean, it. but isn't it pathetic that that's actually using their logic? <laughs> oh, yeah. But it, it's just, I love it. It's so easy to undermine their argument. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Well, so, hey, the other thing I wanted to mention yeah. is, is when people say, well, the baby's not born yet. So, therefore, it's not a, it's not, really a person until it's born. So does nine 
let, let's say, I'm not sure exactly how long the birth can, uh, canal is, but somewhere between, let's say, six and nine inches, okay? Are we saying that a six, a, a six to nine inch journey causes a baby <laughs> to go from not a baby to a baby? Yeah. And, like, and who really believes in magic? Yeah. Who really believes in hocus pocus? Is it the conservative who knows it's a baby in the womb yeah. and, and it's a baby nonetheless? It just hasn't undergone the birthing process yet. Who who's really the person who's got the 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 um, the the lack of logic here? Yeah, and and if you really want to undermine even more so the stupidity of the abortion argument, um, do this one for a second. Let's play out this uh, this argument, this uh, hypothetical. If you take the same clump of cells, you're just a clump of cells. Yeah. Micah. If you take the same clump of cells, the moment. After conception, literally the exact moment after conception, you take those clumps of cells, you put them on Mars. Oh, I love this argument. And the rover, the Mars rover, finds them tomorrow. Oh. What do you think the headlines all over the world will be? Yep. We found life, life on, on Mars. Mars. Absolutely. So why would that be considered life? Mm-hmm. And when it's, in, when it's in a woman's body, it's not considered mm-hmm. life. Is it location? Is life is life? made up by location. Mm-hmm. And I think anyone with a brain, half a brain would say, well, no, that doesn't make life. Location doesn't matter mm-hmm. when it comes to life. So that's a great argument if you're ever trying to defend, you know. Uh, so why would you get in trouble in America, like severely oh, yeah. financially penalized for the destruction of a California condor egg? <laughs> if you just break an egg, that's right. right? You killed a condor. That's what they're going to charge you with. That's what they're going to fine you at. And and what we're saying is a California condor is worth more than a child yeah. in a in 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 the womb that is made in the image of the Imago Day of God. Yeah. And here's another one. It just so you, you can know how easy it is to undermine the stupidity of the abortion argument. Why is it that if a woman who's driving to the abortion clinic is in her car pregnant she gets hit by a drunk driver and is killed they will charge him not only with her death but also the death of her unborn baby on two counts on two counts yeah why do we do that my goodness it's odd just i'm like i'll tell you interesting because the bible talks about that in the in the old testament where you know it was a very clear understanding of of life and that that would be two lives being lost yeah you know, and so American justice has picked that up. But then you have wokeism and all this, all, all this progressive mindset that tries to change the definition of things, and it hasn't caught up with all the things they've already laid down in precedent from before. Now it's just, oh well, we just need you fully to reject this and and just hook, line, and sinker swallow our new ideology. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, the word, even the word progressive has been changed because really everything about it is regressive. You want to destroy society, become a progressive because progressivism is recessivism. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's, you know, they did their, their word, they take words and they change the meanings of them. Mm-hmm. You see that all day long. Left, leftists do that nonstop. And if you, you wonder why we're so passionate about it, about this is because this is literally a, a matter of life and death. Absolutely. It, it is absolutely, we've killed 65, murdered 65 million children in America. Yep. And we think we have some moral high ground to stand yep. on ever. Yeah. I mean, and, and this was a racist uh, Margaret Sanger, oh, man. who put this forward to destroy black children yep. who were considered undesirable. And why is it that such a small uh, percentage of the, the, the black community makes up a small percentage, especially black women, make up a small percentage of the overall U.S. population, and yet they put these Planned Parenthood uh, uh, abortion clinics, clinics yeah into the city. In fact, I read a statistic recently. Mike, there was there was 138,000 black babies that were aborted in New York City last year. Whoa. Guess how many live black babies were born in New York City last year? Mm. Like 106,000. They kill more black children yeah. than they 
than 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 they're bearing, and it is predominantly the the places they put these things. Yep. They are preying through racism on well, and the you, black community. And you say racism, but if people don't know this, Margaret Sanger, who who was the founder of Planned Parenthood, she was uh, she she was trying to exterminate. Her whole mindset was to exterminate the black community. She thought it was a lower class. Yep. She thought it was a lower and and a, a, a lesser race. Eugenics was something. It was that her she thing. Was, and, and, and and she was and, a KKK member. And Adolf, uh, she was and, a supporter. I mean, Adolf more. Hitler yeah. uh, ran in the same crowd. Yeah, yeah. And so, so she she was literally trying to destroy the black population. So honestly, if you're a supporter of abortion and Planned Parenthood in any way, shape, or form, you're a supporter of a racist organization that was birthed out of this idea to get rid of of beautiful black children. That's exactly and, right. And so again, this there is no justification whatsoever for any Christian anywhere. Oh, now we have to talk about what Christians try to justify. Now we have to talk about rape and incest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if we don't, then we get people who go, well, I'm a really nice, I'm a nice, you know, Christian because I think abortion's wrong, but then in cases of rape and incest, okay, now, you're literally saying when you give any reason why you think that, that, a, that a child should be aborted. Now, I do believe that there's places where you could have the life of a mother come into play here. Yeah. And you have to make but a that's not horrible, that's terrible called, decision. That's called triage, not abortion. That's a, that's a battlefield decision. If it's the life of the mother and you're trying to get the most amount of life and you have to end the life of the child so that you because it was already going to end anyway, just to save the mother or vice versa. Yeah. It's not that anyone what, wanted to kill. What a horrible decision. It's well, it just, yes. to, to even have to make that decision. So now, that's not now, even a, now, that's not even an argument. Okay. Yeah. So let's just stick with, with rape with and rape incest. And incest. Yeah. Okay. I have known people who were the product of a rape. Yep. I have known people who were the product of incest. Incest. Since when did we start since when did we start um, punishing a child for the sins of a father? It's mm. a great question. We, well, when did we start doing that? We would all say, no, we're absolutely against that. That's yeah. not fair. Yeah. That's not just. Well, it doesn't matter how you came to be. Yeah. When you came to be and before you came to be, God knew you. God loved you. God had a heart for you. He had a plan for you. He had thoughts towards you. Nothing changes. Yeah. Nothing changes. So you're you're if if you're if you're one of these people that go oh we need to have it for rape and incest you're you're inconsistent which is less than one percent of all abortions by the way are oh yeah it's because very of rape, rare rape or incest it's very yeah. rare oh and what you're doing yeah you, know, you take a little uh, let's let's say uh well you know this actually came up the Pennsylvania senator the 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 black woman that is running for senate oh in yeah against against Dr Oz yeah she comes out. On that question, she goes, "Hey, my mom was eleven years old when 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 she was raped by a twenty one year old man. Mm. But here I am, amazing to do something good in my world. Yep. And it was a powerful that moment, was, man, when she yeah. said that. And, and and if you just just stop and consider, do, does that mean that we should heap upon an eleven year old, her mother, all of the pain and the weight?" of having murdered her child and the anxiety that she's going to carry because if people are being honest, and I know that this is a big thing like, oh, you know, I had abortion and I'm really, really proud of it. There, there's, a, there's a lady running in Philadelphia for U.S. Congress. She's a former stripper. And so at 18 years old, she gets pregnant and she has a, uh, she has a, a, a baby. Oh, I'm sorry. She gets pregnant and she aborts the baby. And then she gets up, now she's running for Congress, and she says how that was an act of love on her part hmm. because of the world that she would bring them into. <laughs> is such a, it's such a terrible, terrible world. world. And you know what she specifically mentioned, Micah? She mentioned climate change. Oh, my god. Because gosh. our climate is such a mess. 
So, so just stop and consider that while you fear monger about climate so, change, that there's literally people out there who are going to believe mm-hmm. your propaganda and will murder their child because they think that that helps the climate. Okay. I want to just point out for those of you who Brother. are big Marvel fans, that that is the exact same worldview as Thanos because Thanos killed half the universe in Marvel uh, in the in the Marvel Endgame series that was because going on overpopulation. because of overpopulation and that people were going to suffer so they might as well end he might as well end their lives anyway because it would be better for them in the long run that was his exact worldview when when it all came out and they said why are you doing this and he is he the said, bad guy he is the, the super villain he's the super villain <laughs> so hey a news flash to all the lefties out there when your worldview aligns with one of the greatest super villains of all time the guy you has may, an interesting looking chin yes you may want to change your <laughs> worldview so wow it, so okay so we've talked about this you've got a lot of content now how to debunk the stupid arguments that a Abortion people and abortion supporters try to use to um, uh, in every situation there is there is it's a very shaky argument at best terrible argument yes. it's it's poorly decided yep. and that's why this this Mississippi versus Dobbs mm-hmm. case has such a massive impact on Roe versus Wade yep. because Roe versus Wade was a terrible decision and what this turns back is it basically turns back federal funding for abortion, as I understand it, because it will go back to the states. It, it does. It will go back to the states. So this doesn't outlaw abortion at all. No. It just throws it back to the states, and states can outlaw if they if they want to. You're basically going to get to free states yep. and slave states. Exactly. That's, That's exactly, exactly what, what you're going to get. Yep, and I think the Lord will judge accordingly. Now, I want to play something here for you, Nathan, real quick, because this is kind of the this is why j- the judges and uh, Supreme Court uh, nominations um, across the the this, the, uh, the last 50, 60 years have been so so heated. It's because of this mindset. And this was not the founders' mindset. The founders believed that the judicial branch should be the weakest of all branches. It's nonpartisan. All the judicial branches do is ju- or the branch does is just interprets the law as it's written and says this is how it was written this is what the 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 writers of the law meant when it was signed into law so right. it was authored in the legislature signed in the law by the executive the judicial branch literally is supposed to be a weak branch of government the weakest of all three branches of government but joe biden just the other day said the quiet part out loud i want to play it here and you tell me what you think and you justifiably right. We control all three branches of the government. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Wait, so play, I'll play it again because maybe you didn't get it. But listen to this. Justifiably right. We control all three branches of the government. Okay. Okay, is he aware of what the three branches of government <laughs> we are? We control all three branches of government. Now, you could argue that he's just senile and old and doesn't know what he's talking about, which is not necessarily... You got one of two options here. He's senile, old, losing his mind, which is not good. And, or he hasn't read the constitution. Or he hasn't read the constitution. Time. Either are incredibly bad uh, scenarios. Yeah. And so, all that to say, you have a president here who sees the judicial branch, whether he knows it or not, he's looking at it as a branch to control, which is what is going on right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the the finally the Supreme Court said, "Hey, listen, Roe in 1973 was such a bad decision from a constitutional policy perspective." It. It was nine people who created created a law out of thin air. Not only that, we have I it, just to realize what we're talking about for forty nine years. This terrible law has stood, taking sixty to sixty five million lives, with very shaky premise on privacy. If I understand mm-hmm. right, and and it, it's it's badly decided. Just so you know, this isn't the first time that law has been overturned because of uh you know like that you that a a supreme court had decided something and another supreme court later on corrects it that's this is not like it's unheard of and it hasn't been done this is this should be done and i just want to say this thank you donald trump oh yes because you told us you would give us pro-life strict constructionists to the constitution you told us you would do that and you actually delivered you delivered 
right in time and the right thing came up and you fought for those justices you got us those those extra voices. And three Supreme Court justices. Three Supreme wow. Court justices. And years. it shows that in this case, if if the brief that we see, and, and folks pray because they're literally trying to intimidate these judges, which is against the law. It's yeah. punishable by a year in jail. You are not permitted to do what they're doing surrounding their houses and trying to dox them. But if it stands, you have a 5-4 decision that strikes this wicked thing down, throws it back to the states where we can now decide state by state who's going to yeah. do this and who's not. Yeah. And at what, what, what amount of weeks? One of the things that you're going to have to stay vigilant on as well is uh, the they're going to always try now to codify this by actually making a Roe-like law. They tried last they night. They tried last night. The Senate brought it up and they tried to push through the U.S. Senate a law that would basically it doesn't matter it wouldn't matter about the Supreme Court then at that point because it would be legal it would pass the Senate go to the House be signed in the law by by a pro abortion president and um and so what you saw yesterday you may not have caught this or I'm sorry this is uh, on Wednesday what you would what you would have seen on Wednesday was a 49 yay to 51 nay vote when it came to making Roe or abortion all the way up to partial birth abortion, abortion, radical, radical, radical law. It, it, it literally was Joe Manchin who stood in the gap as, for, a, as a Democrat, as a Democrat, pro-life Democrat from West Virginia. Man, God is using him and the guy so deserves powerfully. for that vote alone. Yes. The, 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 the Congressional Medal of Freedom, Yes, as far I, as I'm concerned, that guy stood in the way of the Build, build Back Better because yeah. it didn't make mathematical sense. Yeah. Filibuster. Like, like, let me tell you something, man. Kudos to you. Yep. Kudos to you. We give you mad props because you have saved this nation in so many ways with your one vote. And I also want to say this. We have two pro-choice um, Republican women um, Murkowski and and, uh, Collins. and Collins. Yeah. They wouldn't even vote for this because the law was so um, egregious in its expansion of abortion because abortionists don't want just a, a abortion at a certain point. What they were asking for was any time for any reason with no guilt. Don't 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 try to tell us that we can't kill our child. Yeah. And I want to put this into in, in, into perspective for you partial birth abortion has a baby completely out of the womb except for its head and a scalpel is put into the back of its brain cuts the spinal cord and kills the baby while its head alone Man. is in the womb so that weird. would be legal and barbarically legal yeah. under the democrat position it's funny that democrats are for this because they were for legalization of slavery it was the democrat party that was the party of the kkk nothing really changes i mean this has been the this has been the battle that we've been fighting for 150 years in this nation you've had republicans standing up for individual rights for the protection of the least among us, whether it was Lincoln, Lincoln fighting for the slaves, or now it's Donald Trump did you fighting. See, did you see where they tried to to uh, to say that Abraham Lincoln was a Democrat? Oh my gosh! Yeah, well, no, they were they weren't announcing it. I mean, he's the first Republican president, <laughs> but you know, but if if you think about slavery and you think what a wicked thing, had I lived in yeah. 1850 and 1860, would I have been an abolitionist? Listen, if you're on the wrong side of this debate yeah. on pro life you'd have been pro don't slavery. think yeah exactly yeah, you'd have been totally. pro slavery easy this, this easy. is this what you are seeing is egregious evil yep. that has to be stood up against so thank you president trump uh we've got another segment coming up so stay tuned we'll be right back Hey, this is Nathan from Jesus, Sex, and Politics, and I'm talking to all of our younger Gen z listeners. Listen, you are extraordinary right now because you are actually paying attention and enjoying the fact that we are being uh, very fun in our offense. So, listen, share and subscribe and 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 get the word out about Jesus, Sex, and Politics because your friends, as, as the good old... Maharashi Rush Limbaugh would say their mind's full of mush, but you don't have to stay that way. We will help craft it into a brilliant, brilliant mind that is congruent with God's word. Check us out.
You're getting a phone call in the middle of Jesus, Sex, and Politics? Yeah, let me take this call. All right, fine. All right, all right. Hello? Uh, hey, uh, is this Pastor Nathan? Hey, hey, this is my, this is my good buddy, Ultra Mega Gary. How you doing, man? Hey, hey, it's Ultra Mega Gary again. Uh, I'm I'm up here in Gary, Indiana. I'm Gary from Gary. I, I love President Trump, Nathan. You know I do. I was wondering, would you have a chance? Uh, I want to be on your show. Uh, can you tell? Can you tell the guys, you and Micah, and anyone else who, uh, like Maria, whoever runs this joint, can you can you tell them I want to be on the show? I I uh, you know we have a, a an amazing list of guests, Gary, and and I think you're on that list, but I'm not sure in what order. I I I don't, I don't do that part of the show, so. Um, how's it been going, man? Oh, it's going good. I, I'm, I just pull off uh, up here on 65. I, I really am. Uh, I, hey, 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 buddy, chill. I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. Talk about President Trump. I'm on the phone. Get out of here. I've only been shot at, Nathan. I've only been shot at four times in the last two weeks for having my Trump wow. 2024 flag. Uh, I just, you know, it's, I don't know why people are so mad about, about President Trump, but, but anyway, I just wanted to be on your show. I figured that's, I'd call. That's a, that's a tough area up there, man. And you gotta, I, I'm, so you have a, a Trump flag on the back of your pickup. And, and so that inspires violence, huh? It, it does. Unfortunately, I feel like, uh, the American flag people are okay with for the most part, but boy, that Trump flag really just gets them. It gets them every time I put it on and then my tires are flat. My, my tires get slashed. And then I just, I'm telling you, I just want to, I want to make America great again. I don't know why people care about that saying so much, but I just want to make America great again. Is that so bad? No, it's, you know, it's not bad. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there that feel that way, Gary, but the, 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 the question is how, how are you interacting with these people that aren't so happy with your Trump flag? Oh, I just, I shoot back. Oh, oh. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He shoots back? Did you hear him I, say yeah, that? Yeah, I can hear your phone call right now. I just, yeah, this guy is, uh, this guy's crazy. Hey, hey, is that Micah? Yeah, hey, Gary, it's it's Micah. How you doing, buddy? Oh, hey, Micah, it's good. I'm good, man. It's so good to hear, hear your voice. I, I, I really love you, man. I, thank you for all you do. And Nathan, and you guys are amazing. Hey, can I be on the show someday? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we let him. He's kind of already on the show, I guess. Right now, we're sort of in the middle of recording. This is not the way I thought this would go down. No, it's it's kind of not. But how did you meet Gary? Uh, do I have to disclose? Oh, hey Nathan, I, I could tell you we were we were at a truck stop. I was driving my big eighteen wheeler, and we were in the bathroom, and you know, I, I dropped my phone, and he touched my hand, and you know, it's just one thing led to another. We started talking and laughing, and we realized that we both liked Donald Trump, and and then the rest was history. That's not exactly how that happened. <laughs> you, do you know the one three five rule in bathrooms? I, I've heard it. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. For all the ladies out there, uh, what is the one? What three, is the five? one three five rule? Well, it's it. Let's say that there are three urinals. You take one or you take three, but you never go into two, right? You never step into two. If somebody's in one or three, you just kind of you just kind of wait. And it, you know, if there's five, then you got three options, but. You know, you're supposed to regard that, and and um, I I was uh, I was uh, very I don't know what's the word surprised when it was an empty bathroom and up walks Gary. I was like, hey there, guy, how are you? Is this the urinal taken? I stood right next to him. I don't do the one, three, four rule or whatever rule that is. I just I just love people, and so I you know whether I'm in the bathroom or out in the golf course, whatever it is, I want to be around people and I want to be close to people. And and, and boy, it, it was a divine appointment because I met Nathan <laughs> that day, and and now I'm trying to get on the show, Nathan, uh, Mike. If you can hear me, just let me on the show. I just yeah, I'm kind of like I don't know. Should we let him on the show? I, sounds like a nice guy nathan i've never met him i don't know like uh, uh 
Gary, we're going to have Maria call you, I think, see if we can set that up. Oh, I love Maria. Maria's the best. I I just really have heard a lot about her. She seems like she keeps you all on the straight and narrow. Uh, And, and, you know, it's it's just really good what you guys are doing. Uh, You know, I just... Uh, you know, one of my one of my stories. I just want to tell you here for a second, if I can, if, if you have time. Do you have time for for a quick story, or do you got to go? Could, right could, now? could you could you make <laughs> no, this let him a, tell a story, reader's please. digest <laughs> reader's digest version of the story, Gary? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll be quick. I'll be quick. Okay, so there I was. I was being born. All right, and I remember thinking to myself. The story when goes I was, that far back. I remember thinking to myself when I was being born. I was like, I am so glad my mama did not abort me, and I hope that we get this right thing under control and overturned and and I just wanted to say like I think it's interesting that all the people who are for abortion have already been born I just I it just blows my mind I want to hear from the 65 million that haven't been born what do they think about abortion and I think you're going to hear a totally different story so that was my story growing up I was young I was being born and I thought oh great mama did abort me like she did my brother's <laughs> what <laughs> like, did my wait a minute i was like i was i was with you for a second there and then i was Gary. like this is a terribly sad story <laughs> holy cow gary what i'm sorry to hear that but i i can tell that it uh it, it touched it touched you in in very uh, uh deep ways <laughs> How, where do you get your friends <laughs> hey by the way can i tell you got something too i just saw something in the news the other day that they were doing this january 6th commission and they were going to try to uh, you know, try to get Trump on all these charges. And again, like I said, I'm a big Trump guy. I I don't think anything's going to come of it. I was there on January 6th, and it was a party. We were having a good time. People were lit, were just, it was American flag waving time, patriots. Now, I didn't go into the Capitol. I didn't see anything in the Capitol. I didn't even know anything was happening. It was just a good time. I don't think I'm going to find anything on that guy, Trump. So uh, just so you know, January 6th, the uh, commission, I just think it's a bunch of bull honky do. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Well, I I'm sure that we could flesh these things out more, uh, Gary. <laughs> and we will have someone get in contact with you, and uh, and see if we can't work out a segment for you, man. Because uh, you have some very interesting points of view, and I want to thank you for uh, this phone call, man. I gotta get going. Nathan, gotta go, Nathan. Your friends are super super weird. Hey, uh, hey guys, uh, just Micah. Get me back on the show. I don't think Nathan's gonna let me on the show. I'm gonna email Maria. Maria, where's it like? Where is it? Maria dot my life church something or other. I think. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you guys. Have, have fun. Hey, see you, Gary. <laughs> see you, Gary. Man, you got wow. some weird friends, dude. Man, I I almost <laughs> wanted to do some. I was so broken hearted when he told me about his brother. That was like. Man. Well, oh my goodness. Well, well that, hey, that, well, maybe we'll have to do uh, Ultra Mega Gary uh, have him back on the show at some point. So I will have our people call his people. <laughs> well, it's been good being with you today. We've got our last segment here. We wanted we wanted to take a moment and just uh, give you something from the Word of God. So the segment called "From the Word." Uh, to leave you encouraged and inspired and hopefully uh, ready to go out and make a difference. So, Nathan, uh, what do you got from God's Word? What's he laying on your heart right now? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. You know, truth uh, is not whatever anyone says truth is truth is what God says. And when you're studying God's word, what you're doing is you're seeing his position and then you have a decision to make. Are you going to come into alignment with it? Are you going to believe God's word? If I get to heaven and and the Lord looks at me and says, you know, I really didn't feel the way that you told me or, you know, told people that I felt. Uh, and, 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 he, and he says, you know, why, why'd you say that? That's not at all what I meant in my word. First off, I'm going to be like, man, Lord, I should have studied that better. And secondly, I'm going to say, and if I had studied it, I'm going to say, I, I really felt like, God, I believed what your word said. When we take these scriptures, people a lot of times say, well, it doesn't mean what you say it means. Uh, but that's why we study. In order to know 
who was it written to what was what was it what, what was the intent of god to the audience that received it and what did they understand that if we understood it it would make the whole thing come to life to us and 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 here's the point you have to study god's word as we bring these things out we're arguing from studied positions we know how god feels therefore you can speak with authority on that issue and people are always going to try to cow you they're going to try to make you feel like you can't say that because you you're not god but when i say what god's word says i am going to say it with authority amen Hey, that's perfect, man. I, I love that. So timely for today and where we are at as a nation, as a community, and where we are as Christians. So, hey, we hope you guys enjoyed today's uh, podcast. Uh, you know, hey, again, like us, subscribe, you know, share, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we just need to speak truth. People ask me all the time, how can I make a difference? And I say, the first thing you can do is go out and speak truth study the word of god and speak the truth of the truth of god into the culture and and let let god take it from there so that's right yeah so well hey it's been good to be with you this has been jesus sex in politics my name is micah and i am nathan and we talk about all those things that culture seriously doesn't want to talk about yeah it'll scare you but we're still gonna talk about it that's right not gonna back away even if the cancel culture comes canceling. Come on, cancel me. <laughs> we'll catch you next time.